Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy along with my co-host for the podcast, my partner in life and my wife, the beautiful Rachel Campos Duffy, who's here in her pajamas. I am. I'm in my pajamas. Most, well, I'm in my pajamas most days, right? Unless I have to go to work. But honestly, this is a snow day. So we got up in the morning and I actually made cookies with the kids after breakfast and they went out to play in the snow and we told them we're doing our podcast. You can't come back in. <laughs> Valentina was sick this morning, which doesn't she's go well. She's up with our son, but um, she's not. She's a little under the weather. But the others are outside playing in the mm-hmm. snow. So we're going to keep this podcast a little short because they can't come in until we're done. That's right. <laughs> Remember when we were young and our parents would say, go outside and you can't come back in? I mean, that's yeah. what it used to be like. So we're kind of old school today. Um, they can't come back in to get their cookies until... Um, we're done with the podcast. Until we're done with the podcast. And this is a really interesting podcast, Sean. Um, I, I'm going to title our podcast, The Cruelty of Giselle Fetterman and Jill Biden. And oh, I think... Tell me more. Well, it is cruel. So let's start with the latest news on the Fetterman um, situation. So as you all know, uh, uh, Senator... Fetterman now beat Dr. Oz. And many people were surprised because he was clearly not doing well. He had a stroke. Um, he seemed out of it, couldn't speak. Uh, everyone knew he just wasn't up for the task. Well, so here's the deal. We, he had a stroke. I, I disagree with this politics, but I feel bad for anyone who has a stroke. And he, he was having a difficult time functioning on the campaign trail. And the skill set that you use as a senator is communication skills, right you talk to people and and uh we famously saw in the campaign that he had a hard time processing words and so he would actually have to have almost in real time them transcribed so he could read them and then respond so he was having real issues and during the campaign is when we started to see uh, giselle fetterman who was really right. kind of c- c- up and up in center sort of taking charge and a lot of people who could see between the lines could see the real ambition in this relationship, um, the one who really was interested in her husband uh, winning this seat, despite clearly probably needing to take a break, was Giselle. And I I remember talking about it with some of my girlfriends. Um, I know what it's like to be the political spouse. And I also know what it's like to just be a wife. If Sean had had a stroke, the last thing I would want Sean to do um, is run for office. Um, I would have pulled Sean out. Um, I would have found, you know, another situation. But I care more about you, Sean, 
then I care about the seat. And um, and I get it. You put a lot of, you invest a lot into these races, but in the end, all you have is your health. And so in the end, John Fetterman wins. He goes to Washington and predictably, I think, he falls into a deep depression. He must feel alone. Why did his family, you know, push him to do this, continue to push him to do this? Um, he's clearly in over his head. He's struggling. Um, he's having a hard time. And now he's been put into Walter Reed Hospital um, with clinical depression. And he's still battling the other ailments and sicknesses that he has from having had a stroke. And it sounds like... Someone may be trying to come in. So, but let, but a couple <laughs> a couple points off of, of of what you just mentioned, Rachel. So, first off, um, you when you put your heart and soul into a campaign, John Fetterman wanted to be a senator. He actually, um, of course, he he ran through the primary, won the primary, and then had and then, then had the stroke. And Democrats were in a bit of a conundrum. Do they take him up? But then could they replace him with a different Democrat? Didn't Giselle always seem a little more interested in him being a senator than John? He Mm. was. Listen, he was a mayor. He was. He was a mayor. He he ran for governor as well, I believe. Um, He was lieutenant governor at one point, right? He was lieutenant governor. Mm -hmm. So, no, he's had political ambitions. But to your point, um, and again, I don't think it was her completely pushing him into politics. He he wanted to be involved in politics. However. When you have an ailment that 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 afflicts you, um, you very quickly realize what are, the, what are the priorities in life. Yeah. And hopefully, even though I might say my whole life, my whole identity is tied up in I'm a politician, you'd go, hey, hold on a second. That's not your life. Your life is... Your, your family, family, your kids, your you need faith. to get better. And by the way, you this, almost died and now your kids aren't going to get to see you because you're in D.C. all the time and they're at school in Pennsylvania. And we love you and we love you more than we care about this seat. And I think that's what he probably wanted to hear. And he didn't. And then predictably fell into clinical depression. And he's in Walter Reed. So what does Giselle do? When her husband falls into um, clinical depression, well, she and moves into the hospital, right, and gets the room right next door to him, and says, "I'm never leaving your side, honey, because I love you, and I'm going to be right here with you every single day." Oh no! Oh no! Giselle <laughs> decided that what she needs to do is go on vacation with the kids because her house was surrounded by the media. She says after her husband went into Walter Reed, and so she gathered up those kids, she put them in the car, and she took them up to. Uh, Niagara Falls, and then eventually up to Canada to go on a vacation. So let's let's unpack this a little bit, okay? Because I can understand, look, the kids are stressed out. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's an, even more media attention now since dad was in office because he's he's not doing well. There, there could be issues going on with the kids psychologically, mentally, emotionally, whatever. And so she wants to take them on vacation. She's also claims she's really concerned because there's so much attention and, me, and media, is, as she says in her uh, tweet, the media is circling her house. So she takes him on vacation. What does she do? She, she, she documents it on her social media. Um, that doesn't look like somebody who's trying to protect her kids from the media and from, uh, uh, from the, that attention. That looks like somebody who's sort of curating her image for other people. In my opinion, like, look, uh, what do I know? I'm not in her marriage. I'm not in her family, but from the outside, this looks very insincere. And I guess I, I just can't, as a spouse, I just can't imagine you in the hospital at Walter Reed depressed. 
by the way, he's not in because of the stroke. He's in because he's depressed. And the answer is, I'm going to go on vacation with the kids and document it via my social media and show what a great time we're having and how we're just, and, and again, she uses, if you look at her tweet, she, it's just so liberal. I can't stand it. It's all this like self-care stuff you know, language that I can't stand, you know, marriage is for better and worse. And I'm, it's not about me at that moment. It's about you. You're depressed. I just, I'm having a hard time because I just don't think like that. So does, is this analogous to any other couple who says they want privacy, but then they expose their lives to the world? Yes. It's like Megan Megan and and Harry, who, by the way, remember that I thought about that when you you said that the sign that, that, you know, in the, in the South Park, Park, in South Park, where they're, they're on a tour against the media and privacy and and Megan Markle's carrying a sign that says, stop looking at us. Um, Again, it's, it's just like Giselle Fetterman. Um, I'm, I'm leaving because the media is around my house, but I'm going to document this on social media and, and with my kids and everything else. So it shows this is all fake. Right, because you don't say I want privacy, and then you expose your life. Tell tell the media where you're at, what you're doing with your kids, where you're going, um, for that public exposure. So, so, so the point is, she's really not trying to get away from the media. What she's actually trying to do is position herself to the media as maybe a good mom, maybe someone who's uh, trying to care for herself in the in the in the mental state of her children she's doing a presentation a package for and why would she be doing that because there's something going on Sean so if John Fetterman um, can't continue to serve in office until around some there's a there's a dispute about August 8th or August 12th but early August he has if he drops out before early August what happens so every so every state is different but Per the research that Rachel has done, if he drops out before uh, this date in August, there will be a special election in Pennsylvania. If he drops out after this date in August, the governor can appoint. And so that's the that's the threshold they're trying so to get So who do you think beyond. they're going to appoint post-August 8th or 12th so or whatever So Giselle that is. here is, is uh, packaging and presenting herself to make sure that she would take John's seat. The Fettermans continue to serve. Right, and I want to say, I want to take a step There's back. There's a history of that too. I mean, we saw. We have. Um, I think it was Sonny Bono when he died. His his wife took over. I think there was another case. Somebody oh, who died it with COVID. Maybe John F. Kennedy held his seat for his brother Teddy. Yeah. So, but here's what here's what I think is important. I'm talking about spouses, though. I'm talking about there. There is this thing where, when the spouse something happens to the spouse, a lot of uh, to to one person, the spouse will sometimes take uh, over. Was it in Mississippi or somewhere that it happened? Sorry for for not knowing the name, but one of the newly elected members of Congress uh, got COVID. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Died, and then his wife ran in the special and won the seat. But here's, I want to make a different point, which is because I do think when you run for office, it is sacrifice and it is about service. Your, your family sacrifices, Fan, you sacrifice. Huge family sacrifices. And you make the sacrifice because you want to make people's lives better. You want to serve people. And what I, I see from the Fettermans is, uh, because I don't think John Fetterman can serve people. What Giselle and John are looking at is, the people can serve me. If you give me this Senate seat, I'm getting served by, by you gifting me this position or electing me into this position. Right. But if you really yeah. cared about service, actually doing the work of good policy for the people that you represent, you would recognize, well, John Fetterman, because of his limitations, can't actually serve the people. If you can't serve them, you step out, 
because you care about them more than you care about yourself. And who thinks that over the last, you know, few months that he's been in office that he's been serving the people he's clearly been battling his illnesses he's been battling uh you know you know the effects of a stroke he's been battling depression he's had he, he can't communicate i'm sure that office is being run by the staff uh, there's no question in my mind about that and so you're absolutely right this has never been about service and i believe that based on what I saw during the campaign, and I was I was watching Giselle Fetterman very closely, um, and, and I guess maybe political spouses, we kind of can see things and we kind of notice things. To me, it was very obvious that she knew this could happen, that her husband might not be able to finish this term, and she was going to be able to step in. And I find that cruel. I find that unloving. Um, I find that a breakdown of your vows. I mean, you are not um, serving for better or worse. You are not. And and by the way, you're not prioritizing the kids because again, I cannot emphasize it's why we ended up getting out. You know, it, it, it puts a strain on a family. Your family's already strained because your husband just had a stroke and, 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 and you think it's a good idea for him to, to, to run for office, there was a time where he could have dropped out, and and he didn't. So uh, anyway. So just uh, another point here. If you think John Fetterman is a radical liberal, uh, he's oh a conservative compared to his wife Giselle. Yeah. She She's is, to the left of not just Fetterman, but of Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. This will. She is crazy town. She's one of the most liberal people you'll ever meet. Let me just put it in perspective, Sean. You know, you have a little extra time on your hands. Um, you know, you want to. Donate a little bit of time Make to charity. Make the world a better place. Make the world a better place. So what do you do? And you have thousands of charities that you could think of, right? Yes. You could serve veterans. You could, you know, uh, go go serve at a soup kitchen. You could, I mean, you could you can crochet little um, blankets for the homeless or mm. whatever. Crochet. You could crochet baby hats for kids in the NICU. I remember when our daughter was in the NICU and she got a little crocheted baby hat from these sweet grandmas so who were doing that. So how did Giselle Fetterman spend her time volunteering for her community? Oh, she donated her time to an abortion clinic. Oh, yes. Um, so that's the kind of person that Pennsylvania may get once, um, I believe, they're going to – this is what they're going to do. Look, they're going to they're gonna try and get them out of this hospital somehow. They're going to – slow walk this thing until August, pretending like John Fetterman is serving in office when he's not and his staff is running it or maybe Giselle is running it. Who knows? Um, and they're going to wait until until then because there's a far left governor in uh, in Pennsylvania and he is going to appoint at least Giselle will be one of the number one, number one or two contenders. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. 
That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. And so I guess the reason we're talking about this is about another couple uh, that has yeah. done the same thing. They're not it's, the only ones. There Carter are more Lady Macbeths out there. But you look at the state of, of, of the Bidens. Um, and Rachel has talked about this a lot, about, you know, Jill Biden should see the state, uh, the mental state of her husband and make a decision to go, honey, listen, um, this might we, we've served this country well. Uh, they uh, think that. We don't think that. I don't saying, think so. I'm saying Jill Biden would are, say this uh, to let me, Joe. Let me rephrase. We've made the money we need to make from Hunter Biden and your brother and, and all your dirty deals in Ukraine and the Russia. The country has served us well. The, sir, the country has served us well. We're now wealthy. We have a nice beach house. So now maybe we should go live our retirement in peace. Um, maybe go spend some time in DeSantis's Florida. But that's not what they've done. They're no. not doing that. They continue. She, Jill, continues to push Joe out there. When listen, she's been with him for a long time. She can see his mental failings. She can yeah, see that he's sliding, the decline. She um, saw that during the campaign. Again, he was in his basement. He was not. It was obvious during the campaign he was not up for this job, um, that he was not ready. She pushed him. They did it. And now the country is suffering. And well, it goes to, again, the same point as I made with the Fettermans, that if you care about the country, and by the way, I, I disagree with the Bidens. I disagree with all the Democrats that would run in his place. But if you're a Democrat and you're the Bidens, you might say, I love America. And that's in question me, but they'll, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll say, I love America. Who's best to serve the country? And if it's if it's not me because I'm failing, I can't I can't give a speech without slurring my words. I can't find my way into um you know into the Oval Office or, from the or off a stage or I, I shake hands with the air invisible people. Yeah. Like, I need I need people you know showing me where to go um in state events. If that's the case, you might go. Maybe there's a different candidate that could serve the country better than me. Maybe maybe it's Gavin Newsom. Maybe it's some, and again, I disagree with that, but if you're a Democrat, you you could think that serving the country could be done better by someone else, but that's not what they think. They think about power for themselves, for their family. What financial benefit will they get for their family if they continue to serve? It's not about what's best for America. It's about what's best for them. And that this was, it was not always like this. America was made up of people who did want to serve, did want to make the country a better place, it wasn't about them. It was about others. And for I, I, there's a ton of things I disagree with about the Kennedy family, but there was this idea of service yeah, there was that they had. That and really I disagree did. with their politics, but yeah. they were trying to serve the, the, the greater good, the greater community. And I disagreed with the policies when they served, but that was the backdrop of them giving their time. And with the Bidens, it's about the country serving them. Yeah, you know, I, I I often think like why. So first of all, this past week we saw a, an interesting case with Jill, and and Joe, where you know Joe is here in the United States, and Jill is living her best life ever. Right? She's in oh. Kenya, and she's by the way, she's giving sex ed talks to African kid, teenagers, which I'm thinking, you know, how much do our kids love the sex ed talk? Not at all. Can you imagine these poor kids? It's like hard enough. They're poor, and they're and they're and and it and it's tough being poor in Africa, and then they have to. Have this woman come in and talk to them about sex ed. I mean, I just, I just the, pri- can't. the priorities. So, like, yeah, the 
this. I want Jill Biden to talk. Uh, yeah, about I sex mean, sex. Uh, seriously, it's like it's unbelievable. But anyway, she thinks she's doing good out there, of course, um, pushing abortion and 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 birth control on on the third world because you know the abortion um, mindset um, in in of these elitists are you know we we don't want all those brown and black people having babies. Um, so there she is in Africa doing that. And she gets asked by an African journalist, is your husband running? And she's like, of course he is. What part of that? I mean, why would you think he isn't running again? And then a journalist, in, uh, I think from ABC, um, interviews Joe Biden back home and says, you know, your wife says that you're running again. And he's kind of like, I am? Oh, yeah, I guess I am. Whatever Jill says. Um, but it goes back to why would Jill want this? Yes, part of it is the money. Clearly, the Biden family has enriched themselves um, with pow- from the power that they've had. But I also have this theory. No proof of this. I'm just giving you my theory. Um, it's very obvious that the Obamas and the Bidens are not that close. Um, and that I, I believe that Jill and uh, felt a lot of the disdain from the Obamas. And I think she, this is her revenge, right? Running, running Joe. And I think that's why they're running even to the left of Obama. Um, I think they wanted to be more transformational. I'll show you. Um, it's why she's probably in Africa again um, uh, to say, I, I can do this too or better than you, uh, Michelle Obama. Um, this is really about Jill, just like it's really about Giselle. And it's not about the country. And our country isn't being, being served well by this. And our country isn't being served well by John Fetterman um, and eventually Giselle uh, representing the state so of Pennsylvania. I, I, I do think there's conflict between the, the Bidens Clearly. And, and the Obamas. And that conflict, I think, has brought Joe Biden to think, I'm going to be a more historic figure than Barack Obama, which means I have to run to the left. I have to yeah. be more progressive, more liberal, more socialist, more Marxist than even Obama. He Obama's at the table, but I'm going to be better and bigger than Obama, right? And so- that's the backdrop, but think about the video. I don't know if that, we don't have this video for you. You might have seen it. So the first time that Barack Obama goes to the White House when Joe Biden is the president. Oh, right. That both, video is great. They're both there together, and everyone in the White House, I think it was in the— um, it, was in the it was in the East Room. East Room, I think you're right. Everybody— flocks around Barack Obama, wanting like a to rock touch star him, love him, hug him, say hi to him. And Joe Biden, the president of the United States, was walking around looking for someone to talk to. So if you're Jill Biden, if you're Joe Biden, even though you're doing all these progressive things, people don't love you. They love Obama. Yeah. They don't want you. That's, they want Obama. That them. video speaks volumes about the way the Bidens are treated versus how the Obamas are treated. And to your point, I think it really irks Jill Biden, which means we're going to do it again. Yeah. You're not going to get rid of us. We're not going to take no for an answer. You're going to love us. You're going to love us one day. Yeah. Yeah. It might not be in the first two years, but we're going to get eight full years and eventually, damn it, you're going to show me love. Yeah, we're going to be the ones who fundamentally transform America. That Which means Joe, destroy America. Yep, Joe Biden is going to complete the things that, that Barack Obama couldn't. But in the end, and I will repeat it, and I know that Jill Biden tried to get me fired from Fox News for saying this um, a long time ago, I, you know, during the campaign or, or shortly after um, she was elected, uh, he was elected, Joe Biden was elected. I said, I don't think... I think that Jill Biden did a disservice to her country in pushing her husband to do something that he's clearly not up for the job. And I feel that way about Giselle. 
Um, I think that both of them have shown a level of cruelty. And I can say this as a political spouse um, who's talked to many other political spouses about, about it. And all of us have said we would not have put our families and much less our husbands through this um, because we love them. And I want you to know, if you are ever clinically depressed in a hospital, I will not go zip lining with the kids. I am going to be by your side Thank until you, you get honey. better. I love you. And I love you more than I love politics. I love you more than I love um, whatever, you know, perks people think they get from office. It's just not worth it. In the end, it's about family. And I want our kids to be with you if you have a stroke. I don't want you to be in D.C. Let me make another point about – I I wanted to serve. And my service was family service, right? Yeah, we all sacrificed. And once I – you know, I I won – I could have tried, we could have tried to hold on to this seat until I'm a frail old man. But I don't believe that's what our founders envisioned. I thought, you're supposed to go serve. My family needed me. I had other you know, priorities of, of Valentina was coming. And we left office. And think about this. Paul Ryan served, he was almost 20 years, became the speaker, and he left. Um, uh, John Boehner served. Trey Gowdy. We just had a big conversation. Gowdy, if you haven't right. seen that podcast, that's a great podcast. And you Trey, Trey Gowdy talks about that decision. And um, George Washington, I'm, I'm not comparing us to George Washington, but George Washington uh, yeah. set this set the standard of saying- That would be Zelensky. You, serve, you serve and then you go back to your farm. Yes. Right? Yes. But if you look, Nancy Pelosi has led the Democrat party, I believe since the early 2000s. 20 years, one woman has led the Democrat party. In the minority, she became the speaker, back to the minority, back to the speakership, and she's still in Congress. She won't leave. When did she she's get in, She's clinging Sean? on to power uh, in, the, in the, I think it was 88, did she get in? Yeah. Or 92? They cling to power. Joe Biden is doing the exact same thing. He's clinging to power. He's he's I given his whole life. I, do you really think it's yeah, him? Because I feel like his family is his well, wife is pushing. I, I, I or, or someone's on. not giving him hold an out. His wife should say, "We're done, honey." Yeah. But Joe Biden, when he was of sound mind, has run for the presidency multiple That's times. That's true. That's fair. He's That's wanted fair. to be become president. He was of sound mind when 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 Barack Obama chose him as a running mate. He's wanted this. But again, I do think you serve and then you go do something else with your life. And Republicans, I think, have done a really good job of that. You mm-hmm. want some people to stick around because you, you you want institutional knowledge, but go in, serve, and get out. Democrats, I mean, Maxine Waters has been there forever. And what happens is when new members come in, they can't elevate into positions of leadership or chairmanships of committees because all these old dogs, this this is who they are is they're a member of Congress or they're a senator as opposed to I think Republicans are a better do a better job of saying I am I'm a man, I'm, I'm a, a husband, I'm a father, I'm a man of faith and I get to serve my country. Their identity isn't consumed with I'm a member of Congress. I'm a senator. It's, it's not. And again, that's one of the problems with the country. Yeah. That you have people who are consumed with these titles and think they're lifetime positions as opposed to giving to your country and then stepping aside and letting, letting someone else give. Yeah. And I think the role of the spouse is is interesting. Maybe I'm fascinated more because I was a, a political spouse for you know so many years, but I think the role of a spouse is 
to, you know, obviously be a support um, and a sounding board and an advisor, you know, and, and help kind of keep things Someone going who can home. say that's a really bad idea. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you can honestly say that's a bad idea. No, ooh, and I think in the case of Joe Biden and John Fetterman running two people who are facing, you know, um, medical mental um, uh, decline um, that, that is apparent to all um, and who are not able to serve the way they should be able to serve in such important positions. I don't think the people of Pennsylvania have been served at all since that man took office. Um, I think the role of the spouse is really important. I think that's I the thing I wanted to highlight, to highlight today. And, um, and and I think it's worth, worth thinking about because in the next few months, you're going to see Giselle Fetterman continue to um, to promote herself. And, and you're going to see this slow walking um, the pe- people of Pennsylvania are not going to get the choice to find another member of Congress. They're going to get an appointment from the top down, from the governor down. Giselle's going to be positioning herself to be that that person. And um, I think it's not good for the people of Pennsylvania. And, you, and, you know, just to, just to take a, 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 a comment on John Fetterman, when, when you're put in a situation where it's high stress, you have to have high performance, and you can't actually – get over the bar, you can't actually do the job. It's really stressful um, when you can't accomplish what you know you're supposed to accomplish because he has limitations. And no doubt that would make him depressed. Again, if he was at home taking care of himself, he wouldn't be depressed, but you put him in the U.S. Senate where he can't comprehend what people, when people are speaking to him, he can't comprehend what's being said on the Senate floor. You'd have to have some way to read it off someone tra- transcribing what's being said. Really stressful for him. You can't have, it's hard to have meetings with constituents. How do you heal when you're that stressed out? I mean, part that, of recovering from a stroke, I imagine, that is would make taking it easy. I mean, I saw how yeah. high stress it was for you oh when you God. were in Congress. I think I, I mean, got all this gray hair from well, kids and Congress. every 15 <laughs> minutes, now, either these... Meetings aren't taking place. They're being they're being held by uh, by staff, young staffers who are in their twenties and thirties who shouldn't be, you know, all, taking every single one of these meetings or making decisions for him. Or he's in these meetings and he's not recovering. He's not taking the time that he needs to address his so, house. Uh, and again, this is the part where the spouse comes in. Um, again, watch her watch her tweets um, that she puts out. You know, a lot of talk about self care. Um, but let's talk about care for your husband. What I'm ha- happy to know is that Rachel, first off, would say, you can't run, get out. <laughs> and the second thing is, if I was in the hospital depressed, she's not going to go ziplining. You're going to come and see me and I'm gonna, try I'm to gonna, lift my I'm spirits. Gonna, I'm going to have Thank a cot you. brought right up next to you. Thank you. And I'm going to be right there until you feel better. I appreciate that. I love you. That's honey. why I love you too. Yeah. It's a great podcast. Sorry. Spouses matter. <laughs> Spouses matter. Spouses matter. Especially when uh, they have the highest uh, highest positions in government in our country. Absolutely. Good spouses, good leaders, they matter. And we have a deficit of that right now in America. God help that. us. All right. Listen, thanks for joining us on our podcast. If you like uh, From the Kitchen Table, you can rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, yeah. And subscribe. Subscribe. I think we're going to let the kids in because it's kind of getting cold out there. Well, All right. Bye, everybody. Enjoy your snow day. Listen ad free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to the show ad free on the Amazon Music app.
from the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.